trick in the chain. Good evening. Welcome to San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. Uh, my name is Harry, and of course, Scott's here with us. And uh, Todd mentioned that he may be coming in a little bit later, but uh, you know, we're not going to hold the show for him. Uh, for, but uh, he may be stopping by, so at, at some point, we may have a third to uh, join us. To, to not, uh, Scott and Todd and I, you know, have a couple of things to talk about. Uh, you know, sorry for missing the, the show last week. Unfortunately, life got in the way for both of us, and. So, uh, Scott, did we miss anything? Yeah, just uh, just a few things, huh? You know, we kind of nailed it, I guess, or you kind of nailed it on our last episode about how we knew these uh, next couple weeks are going to be busy just because lack of time left for the uh, upcoming season, and they sure did cram in uh, a lot of news in, in just a couple weeks. Yeah, what I thought was funny, and, and you know, we, we didn't have a show, and also Texas Soccer Radio didn't have a show, and, of course, you know, probably the biggest story for San Antonio fans is – Billy Forbes is coming back, and unfortunately, nobody really <laughs> covered it on our side. Just to, <laughs> it'll be kind of interesting to see, you know, the the discussions a week later as opposed to that same day. Because I think I think I know for me, the takes are probably a little bit calmer now uh, since then because it's not, you know, there's so much other information, man. I was fired up, ready to go, uh, you know, last week with, uh, you know, the, the Billy Ford, uh, Ford's hot or cold takes, depending on you know, which side of the aisle you're on. Well, let me ask you on that, because maybe I just, you know, I've been a little busy, uh, so maybe I just missed it. I mean, were, were people upset about Billy coming back? <clears throat> no, the fan base wasn't. But I know you and I probably leaned not to have him back. Um, and I know, you know, Larry and Kyle on, on Texas soccer radio, um, Larry was pretty, uh, clear about the, I guess the question is why, and, and that's, the, that's, that the thing is, is why come back, um, at this point, especially with the signings that we've got, what, you know, and, and that'll probably be where we kind of get into discussions, you know, this week and, and more as preseason, you know, since camp has already kicked off, but where he actually fits in and what what does that mean for the lineup so i think that was the biggest question is you know and, and i'll give it give it up to royce uh you know he mentioned that uh you know billy is our new omar with the exception that he you know he can shoot a little bit better um you know with that and i actually think that's actually kind of true if you look at it along those lines we lost omar who you know, if we're honest, the ball kind of stopped with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Billy's a little bit better finisher. Now, I don't know if he's quite as quick a- as Omar, but uh, you know that that would be kind of interesting to see. You know, in a one you know one to one race, but uh, that'll be for for down the show here. So you know, typically we start off with high schools, and you know, I know I've caught what five matches in the last two weeks. What about you? Yeah, no, it sounds like you've been all over the place, dude. Uh, I've had some stuff going on here uh, recently with work and stuff like that. My wife uh, is on a new job with a new schedule now where sometimes she works till 7 p.m. Some nights or some weeks she gets off at 6 p.m. So this uh, this last week was kind of a uh, her, her late shift and everything. So I got to uh, play daddy daycare here at the house uh, for the last nice. couple of weeks. But yeah, that is, it's, it's always kind of nice, but um, yeah, tell us a little bit about some of the games that, that you got out there and see, and, and then we'll get into uh, some of the standings and, and some of the scores here from this past weekend. 
Yeah, so this past weekend, you know, I went out and caught uh, Smith and Valley and uh, Shirts Clemens. Uh, I happened to sit next to uh, Chris in 114, whose son is the starting goalkeeper for uh, uh, Shirts Clemens. And, you know, so, you know, just to go out and support, you know, you know the fellow you know, season ticket member, but also, you know, catch some high school action. And, you know, neither one of these teams, if you want to look at the standings, are, are you know, top. And, and, you know, you know, I think if they make the playoffs, I don't see a deep run, you know, for either one of them. Um, but it was kind of good to get, you know, go over to, you know, to me, you know, New Braunfels, you know, from my side of town over to their felt like, uh, you know, Shirts Clemens, uh, beat Smith and Valley for nothing. Uh, to me, the, the, the big thing, and, and, you know, I really kind of wish Shirts Clemens would have, uh, put the highlight out is there was a free kick from 65 yards away. Um, you know, right at the end of the first half that, you know, it was just beautiful. It almost reminded me of, uh of, uh, you know, the scorpion jeers were, uh, what we called them Z that he had a really long, you know, free kick like that, where it was just, it was, it was on frame. It was beautiful. You can, you know, it was one of those, you know, you had to be there to see it type moments, uh, for that there, but, you know, so it was kind of good to, you know, be able to support, you know, uh, you know, you know, a fellow season ticket member and his kids, uh, you know, you know, out, out playing high school, uh, soccer, um, but the ones that kind of stood out to me was a, a couple weeks earlier, um, or two weeks ago, I guess. Um, I went out and saw the, you know, you know, over at uh, Gustafson's uh, Soccer Fields One and Two, um, where you can pay to get in and you can kind of watch both games. So the first, you know, first games was the uh, um, Brennan uh, girls uh, going against uh, Jay, um, which was, you know, ended up being two nothing for Brennan. Um, but basically they got goals, you know, like uh, about a three, four minutes, you know, a spot between them. Other than that, it was a very even game. Um, I was watching the, uh, O'Connor boys and, and, and the Warren boys, um, at number 13, I, th- I forget his name here. Um, but he scored the goal, but, you know, to me, the, the outstanding, you know, thought, you know, from that takeaway from that game was just how well both of the goalkeepers were. Um, especially the Warren goalkeeper and, and, you know, I know on Twitter, they have a, a Warren soccer um, where the, you know, I think last last week they showed a, a highlight save of his, and, and that was kind of back to back that he had. Um, the other games, the other two games, the afternoon games or, or the late games, um, the girls' soccer was, uh, you know, Connor, you know, and they're just to me they're on a completely different level because Warren was Warren was one of the top teams in NISD, and O'Connor just just rolled them. It was three nothing, and it was you know it was just they were faster, they were quicker, um, and it was just to me it was just a different level. Uh, you know, that, that they played at. And then, you know, probably the most exciting game was, was Jay and Brennan, which was a 3-2, you know, thriller. You know, uh, Jay was up 2-0, Brennan came back to tie it, and then uh, Jay ended up getting a late winner at the end, um, which, you know, if you're looking at the standings, uh, you know, the surprise leader in, in you know, the 28-6-8 um, is Jay, you know, for all their 7-1 and 4-0 in conference play, um, you know, you know at this point here. So, you know, to me, just kind of being able to catch that, and in the in the girls' side on 28A, uh, you got Clark uh, that's in first place, five and zero in district. Um, however, I do think O'Connor, you know, might be the best team um, overall. Just when you look at their records, they're four and one. Those two have not faced yet, um, but you know, the, the girls' side is really stacked. Where you got Clark at five and zero, O'Connor, Brandeis, and Warren, you know, both at four and one, and uh, Warren, you know, following up at three and one. So. Um, whereas on the, uh, uh, boys side, Jay's got four, no, uh, Brandis is three, oh, and two. 
and then you got Marshall, you know, Marshall at three, one and one and Warren at uh, two, one and one. So it's getting tight. I know it's kind of getting late in the season uh, for that there. Um, I know, you know, our, our friend of the show, uh, Mr. Abbott, uh, the referee, uh, you know, at that time, you know, because he actually happened to be a referee of the of uh, one of the games that we were, <laughs> we were at. So, Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, I was like, <laughs> well, what was odd is, and it was kind of cool because, uh, you know, at the end of the uh, O'Connor Warren game, there was a red card and, and there really, you know, it wasn't on a foul. It, you know, ended up being, you know, for verbal and, 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 you know, you know, stuff along those lines, right, at, right, at, right at the end, where you know, Warren was getting a little bit frustrated. Sure, sure. I asked him, "Hey, you know, you know, do you happen to know?" And you know, he kind of told me you know, the, the story behind it. But um, the other surprise team, which he mentioned, was Lee. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, they're you know, and Lee's dominating both the boys and the girls on on twenty seven six a. You know, you know, they're up according to the records eight and two. Um, they just started conference, so it's a little hard, a little early to, to kind of determine, you know, how well you know the conference is compared to the north side, where you know they've got a few more games. Sure, um, but you know, both, both um, you know boys and girls on on Lee are, are in first place in that division um, for that there. Yeah, well, and I know I, I want to say, well, no, I shouldn't say that because I was looking at the schedule for this uh, upcoming weekend, and I, I was looking at the wrong week because I did see that that Jay matchup, and I've been wanting to go out there and watch Jay play. I got to see uh, one of the last games that they won uh, last season, and uh, I want to say that was like the first time that they made the uh, the playoffs, made the state mm-hmm. tournament in the history of the school. Um, so. Uh, I know it was kind of a historic season for him last season, and uh, their their head coach is a, a really nice guy. So uh, I'm glad to see them doing well uh, this year again. Yeah, like we said here, that's you know, that that game against Brennan was it, it was it was action going both ways. You know, you thought when when Jay got up, you know, you know, two to nothing that you know that they had things pretty comfortable, um, but you know, Brennan to their credit came back and, you know, you thought it would end in a tie, but, you know, Jay kept pushing. And to be honest with you, I think if that game would have went another five minutes, it wouldn't have shocked me if Brennan would have got, you know, would have tied it back up. But, you know, you know, that's, that's the game, you know, yeah. it's, you know, it, you know, on that game, it was, it was all ebb and flow. And, you know, when, when Jay had it tilted, you know, they were, they were doing good and, you know, but uh, you know, to me, you know, to me, the outstanding thing was, you know, I took Ann and AJ out there and, and they had a lot of fun, um, you know, being out there. And, and like I said here, you know, for me personally, you know, where you can pay, you know, for me, four bucks to get in, the kids, two bucks to get in, be able to watch two games and, and they flip them. So you don't really watch, you know, you know, you know both boys and girls there. Um, that was the thing when I went out to the a game, um, you know, in shirts is they had the JV and in the uh, they had the JV play and then they had the, the varsity play, which was kind of cool. And, you know, I was asking Chris, I was like, why don't they play the boys and girls and have the JVs play, you know, you know, at the other school or however you want to do it. And, you know, not, you know, that way you could get more of a, you know, more of a crowd. And, and you know, you, you could see both of the varsities at the same time, as opposed to, you know, splitting them home and away um, that they had. So, you know, it's like, you know, I know his wife's on the, uh, uh, Clemens booster team and I was like hey you might want to bring <laughs> if you have any pool because it works on the north side you know you know you know now I'm not going to say you know the parents you know if, if you got a boy and not a girl or vice versa may, may not stay for both but 
you know, I thought it was pretty cool that, you know, you know, especially for the, you know, the, the warm boys, they played early, you would see them come and, and support the, you know, the warm, warm girls later on. And, and, and same with the O'Connor, you, you know, you saw them both in the stands, you know, supporting, you know, supporting the, you know, the both teams, you know, the, the both teams, which, you know, to me is a good thing. And that's what high school is about is, you know, it's, you know, about, you know, performing for your school and, and supporting the other sports inside of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so I was just looking at the schedule uh, for NISD for this upcoming weekend. Um, and uh, it looks like on Friday evening, you've got Taft versus Warren, uh, Brandeis versus Holmes there at Ferris, and then Clark versus Brennan. So uh, some good matchups. And then I know tonight uh, was Jay and Warren uh, playing. So that, that yeah, that game started at 7. That should actually be wrapping up. We may see the result of that one. Uh, come across our Twitter feed while we're doing the show. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, definitely going to get out there this weekend. I know you were going to try to go see what was it, the Central Catholic and Johnson game? Yeah. Did you ever make it out? So I ended up at the wrong stadium, actually. Um, I ended up somehow at uh, University of Incarnate Word that night, and uh, that's when it was raining and it was dark. And I I don't know how I ended up at Incarnate Word, if it was just the name of the stadium that I searched in. Maybe that's the name of, like, their basketball. But it was, like, their football stadium there at Incarnate Word. So I'm not real familiar with that area. Uh, You get me out there at night when it's raining and stuff, and I I just got turned around. No worries. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, uh, UPSL. So uh, something exciting for the UP, UPSL Central Conference uh, is Innocentes. Uh, FC is in the national final. So they, they beat the team, for, uh, I want to say it was from Maryland, Germantown this last mm-hmm. uh, weekend here. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do follow them at Innocentes FC, they are doing uh, a drive to try to generate some money to help get the team out there. Um you know, it, you know, because it is going to be played in California, and CalFed is going to be tough to beat. Uh, you know, they're 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 heading to um, the NPSL Pro, you know, or whatever the league's going to be called. So they've got a really good team. I don't think they, you know, they're they're undefeated, obviously, and, and I think they've, you know, I think their last game they beat the the team from Colorado nine to nothing. So it was. It'll be a challenge, but uh, like I said here, it's a good old Texas versus uh, California matchup. And, and, you know, being in the state of Texas, you got to root for te- Texas. So mm-hmm. through there. But uh, the other big news, which uh, affects us locally, is uh, UPS Central Conference uh, finally came out with the spring breakdown. Do you want to go over that? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, we're going to have some 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 teams, uh, a little bit of a realignment took place uh, for the, what is it, the Central Conference Heart Division. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, uh, which were basically the San Antonio teams. So uh, one of the biggest teams moving back into that, uh, obviously, will be Samba with them moving from the division that they were playing in there primarily against their the Houston South. clubs from the South. Thank you. And uh, so you're going to have the Runners. You're going to have uh, Round Rock SC. You're going to have FC Waco. Obviously, Bernie Thunder, uh, Samba, uh, Coyotes FC, and then the FC Knights, who are out of Austin as well. Coyotes FC out of Brownsville, if I remember correctly. No, they're actually out of Temple. And Temple. there is going to be another club to be announced. And uh, me doing a little bit of research, because um, you know, on the uh, tweet, they had the symbol, and it you know, went to uopsl.com. The other team is going to be another team from Temple. 
right now they're currently listed as back county uh but that may or back country pardon me uh, fc but that may be uh, changing here so but you know to me it's a pretty pretty even conference because you got two teams in temple you got you know assuming that this is the tb you know to be announced club uh back country fc and coyotes up in temple you got uh, the knights and colleen um and then you got waco so you got that kind of northern side there and then you know you got samba and the runners here in san antonio bernie and then round rock you know which would be kind of the, the southern the southern part so to me i think you got a nice little well-rounded uh, conference here, and I know, uh, you know, you know, I know some of the clubs, um, you know, have moved around a little bit, and some, you know, went to uh, uh, the USL uh, um, League Two. Two. Uh, you know, I know <clears throat> Houston FC does that, where they'll play UPSL in the fall, and then in the spring summer they'll they'll play uh, uh, USL League Two uh, action here. So, I'm excited. Um, you know, for, you know, to have Samba and Bernie and the runners all together. Um, and even Round Rock, because, you, know, you know, on social That's media, they good Austin be, team. you know, a, a good team up there. And it's, yeah, um, they are. Um, if, if, if you, you know, yeah. you know, if you're a fan, if you're a supporter, you know, it's, it's not, you know, you know, it's what, a 90 minute drive or so to, to get up to there, depending on traffic. So it's something that's, that's reasonable. And, you know, I like that, you know, it's, you know, really it's kind of that I-35, you know, heart, you know, and I think that's what I call it right in the heart of Texas where you're going to have some quality clubs right there. I know John may not, you know, you know, the, you know, for Samba, I know he kind of wanted to stay in the South, you know, just, you know, you know, through there here. But I think, I think once he gets in here and especially where this is what year two for most of them or season two, season two. You know, for you know, for most of the teams here, um, yeah, I, I think it is, and, and plus, I think I think Samba has a better chance on making the playoffs here. You know, the, the competition may not be as high as 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 the South. You know, if you, if you want to say with Athletic Katie, but to me, making the playoffs and, and getting that shot to go for the national playoffs, you know, to me, you know, could be a, you know a huge builder for you know, for organizations. So, yeah, I, I tell you what, though. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm kind of glad that they're back. Um, you know, I think it's like you said, it's going to build some fun rivalries for that conference. Um, obviously, the runners, though, uh, are, aren't going anywhere, you know, in nope. terms of just being a competitive team. Uh, Bernie, you know, you expect them to get better, as you mentioned, this being their, their first season and everything. So, you know, I think that that conference is going to be a, a difficult conference, too. And a, as we've kind of seen here the past couple of years, it seems like, you know, the ultimate test is going to be, up there in, in Dallas, Fort Worth, anyways. You know, if, if you really want to make it to that next level, so <clears throat> I think it'll be fun. Uh, I'm kind of glad I'm hyped up. Uh, we got a comment here on our YouTube feed about the Corinthians changing their uh, logo on uh, Facebook. Um, currently not active, right? Yeah, currently not active. Um, our understanding here at the at the roundtable, we were just talking about this uh, before the show is that um, there wouldn't be any additions to any San Antonio UPSL teams, that the uh, the current UPSL teams here in San Antonio do have kind of rights, so to speak, uh, to the market. So don't really anticipate seeing them joining uh, the UPSL, but uh, it is kind of interesting, uh, the, the updating of all the uh, the social media 
so close to the announcement of the Athenians. What, what are your thoughts on that, Harry? Yeah, I've, I've heard rumors that they're going to be back as well. And I've heard rumors that they're going to be in the uh, Gulf Coast Premier League, um, which, you know, you know, I guess would be kind of similar to UPSL, but it's a little bit different. Um, to me, I think, you know, they would be a good partner because right now uh, there's Central Texas Lobos uh, up in the Austin uh, area, um, but the rest of them are more kind of Shreveport, Alexandria, more Louisiana style. So there's going to be a little bit more travel if they do go, if they do go that direction. Um, but it is my understanding that, that uh, they uh, at this time would not be able to go into UPSL now. Could that change? You know, you know, we'll see. Cause we do know that there was Mac FC. So at one point there were three teams. Um, now, like I said here, I, I, you know, can San Antonio support three UPSL teams? You know, that, that's, that, that's going to be kind of the debate. And especially, you know, we're next year or next season in the fall, they're going to be having a second division come in. Um, I'm wondering if that, th- that could open up, you know, avenues for them, um, you know, to that, if you're going to have, you know, promotion and regulation, you know, you know, pro rel, how, how do you turn down teams? You know, like I said, I understand USL and PSL, MLS all have, you know, a certain market things there, but if you're going to say, you know, you're, you're a, you know, pro rel league, how, you know, how, you know, how, how do you close it off? I guess would be the question here for that, but. That'll be interesting to see. Um, I did retweet, um, and then they quickly took it down, so I wish I would have saved it, <laughs> the logo. But I thought the logo was kind of nice. They changed the color of it, um, you know, for here. So I do believe that there is, uh, you know, there is smoke, and, and I do believe there, you know, there is something, you know, to it now. Um, you know, I don't have any connections with them, and, and, of course, I don't believe they've reached out to us at all. Uh, for that, but if they do want to reach out, of course, you know we'll, we'll give them a you know, platform just like we do any other uh, San Antonio soccer team. Um, you know if they have any messages to get out. Absolutely, yeah. I'm looking at some of the teams there in the uh, GCPL. Um, yeah, I do see some of the same teams like the Rafters and some of those Louisiana teams that um, uh, Pete would have played against in the in the WPSL. So I'm mm-hmm. sure he knows some owners uh, in that league, you know, and, and probably got some pretty good insight into. Just overall, you know, how it operates. But it's an interesting um, topic that you bring up, though. Can San Antonio support three, you know, semi-pro or amateur teams along with, you know, San Antonio FC? Because, you know, it's basically kind of what we have right now in the uh, in the ladies game, which, you know, is a little bit interesting because um, I don't even think we announced that. But um, and maybe, maybe we have had a show since then. But obviously with the, the return of the Athenians, we're now going to have – a two WPSL teams, um, a UWL team, and then a UPSLW team here in, in San Antonio. So uh, quite a yeah. few women's teams to support. Yeah, so we're going to have, you know, uh, UPSL Central Conferences came out with the initial six, uh, which will be... FC Vapories, uh, which is going to be in the Colleen area. So I wonder if they're part of the Knights uh, organ, organ, you know, kind of along those lines. 
Um, Athletico Katy, uh, which, you know, Samba and we're familiar with on the south side. Uh, Round Rock SC, Samba. Um, Waco Soccer, which I haven't got confirmation if they're similar with uh, Waco FC mm-hmm. um, or not. I th- you know, I think with looking at the logo, I don't believe they are. Um, and then uh, the Coyotes FC in, in Temple. So, um, you, you know, to me, the one thing that kind of shows on here is, you know, that, that Temple clean area seems to be a hotbed for, uh, you know, you know, for the semi-pro mm-hmm. uh, soccer, because, you know, you've got what, one, two, what, four teams on, you know, on, on, on the men's side and what, two, two to three, you know, if you include Waco, three of them on the uh, women's side, all, all in that Waco temple clean area. So, yep. uh, you know, that, that's, that's kind of outstanding. And, and I know John, you know, you know, is working hard on trying to, uh, bring in a few more, uh, possibly, but th- those are the the, the six that, that you know, the original six that have been announced. And then, of course, with the Athenians, uh, you know, they you know they have announced that uh, uh, you know they are going to be going to the UWS. And, and one thing that uh, I thought was interesting is that they're going to partner with Cornerstone Christian. Uh, they're going to use a brand new 5,000 seat stadium uh, training facilities known as Warrior Stadium, and, and I didn't look up where Warrior, Warrior Stadium was, but I thought that was kind of kind of neat. If it, if it is a, you know, they're going to have their own location as opposed to Blossom Stadium, where they, you know, I think they played at Blossoms right the, the last time they played. They did. Uh, yes, they practiced at uh, Wim- Wimbledon or not Wimbledon, uh, Wembley High School um, over there in the medical center. So, and so yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting that they've already got a place that's going to be separate from uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, the other women's teams here. Well, and and I, I trying to see. I tell you what, I think is going to separate them a little bit too from the other women's teams. It's just knowing how Pete ran the organization uh, previously when I was you know doing stuff there with Soy Saf and got to travel uh, for a couple of away games and stuff like that. He's very professional and just very, I mean, just class. And, uh, you know, as far as scheduling, like the international friendlies against uh, Tigris and, um, you know, that type of thing, I can definitely see where the Athenians um, are probably going to, there's probably going to be some news around more of some of those international type friendlies and more so than just uh, their league play like there was in the uh, inaugural season when they played the WPSL. So uh, I definitely think that that's one advantage, so to speak, uh, if you want to call it that, or just difference, uniqueness um, that might come with the Athenians are, are some of those uh, international friendlies and, and things like that. Well, looking at it, if it's at Cornerstone Christian School, that's in the off of 410 in Jackson Keller, uh, okay. uh, you know, Castle Hills area. So that's actually a, a pretty good pretty you know pretty you know pretty good location if, if you really stop to think about it where um it is on on the uh, you know on the on the northwest side of town but you know you're you know you're not as far over as toyota field or blossom so if you are trying to attract you know let's say you know individuals from our side of town which is more the, the northwest side um but also the you know but also still the the east side over there to me, it, it looks like it's in a perfect location, you know, where, where it's, you know, off of 410, you know, 410, 10 area here where, you know, I think that that'll be, uh, 
outstanding for them. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that corner store uh, or cornerstone uh, church or, or school. I, I actually drive by there. Me and Smitty used to live right over there off Jackson Keller and 410. So that is a uh, kind of a convenient area of town. But uh, speaking of, you know, nice facilities, uh, we got some additional information regarding the Soccer Central that we talked about here uh, a couple weeks ago about the uh, the new six point. $3 million soccer facility that's being built uh, here in San Antonio. You know, we kind of speculated on who's going to play there um, and, and come to find out it's it's uh, some pretty interesting news. Why don't you tell us, Harry? Yeah, so like I said, it looks like what, Juventus is starting academy there. Um, you know, it's not a whole lot of information came out. I still would be interested if they are willing to, you know, let the runners or another team you know, share the facility with them. I think that that would still be a great question for them. But, you know, to me, having, having Academy, you know, by Juventus, you know, you know, of course, they're one of the you know most famous clubs in the world. To me, you know, you know, outside of the, uh, the, the comment in the press release, which, which I didn't particularly like, where, you know, he said soccer is expensive. So that tells me that, you know, that kind of feeds into the more, you know, pay to play, but, that's oh, just how, it, how it's done nowadays, but... You can't build a $6.2 million stadium <laughs> off uh, volunteers, that's for sure. But it, that, that was just, it was just one of those things I was like, ah, oh, you know, is you know, where, where you'd like to see, you know, you know, so it's, it just, you know, just having that comment in there, you know, on there, just, you know, like, so I was like, uh, you know, just, and, and oh, it's a business, yeah. it, and that's, that's, you know, there, there's no way around it, but... You know, in your initial lease, you know, why you got to toss that? In? Yeah, you know, why even why even really mention it? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, but I, I think it's a great opportunity. They said that there's going to be tryouts, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, you know, and, and what exactly? You know, you, you know, I'm not really you know a huge fan of teams over in Europe. How how big are the academies? Is 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 this as big a deal as it is, or is it just and I know, you know, this is no disrespect to them. Um, is it kind of a money grab? Because whenever, you know, I know when Austin came out, because I think they had a, um, uh, was it, Real, I forget which one, Real Madrid or, Bar no, Barcelona. Barcelona already has, yeah. Barcelona, but one up at Coda, you know, and, and some of the feedback was, hey, it's just a money grab to, you know, yeah, you're going to get, you know, get training, but you're really paying for that name saying, hey, I attended, you know, Barcelona, you know, Academy how much of that is actually true and you know you know is it is it really worth you know in, in your opinion going to that type of a, a path I, i'm sure there's some truth to it um i feel like they're they're probably gonna have to you know prove a little bit i mean you already have the san antonio fc academy program which is you know a very honest very prestigious opportunity you've got clubs like classic elite uh like alamo city sc you know, I mean, it's not like you don't really have it, it is a big name. And so it will be interesting, as you mentioned, to see is that all it is? You know, is it just a name and, and just kind of a money grab to get people to sign up based upon the fact that it's Juventus? Um, so, uh, you know, only time will tell. But, yeah, I, I doubt it's going to be cheap. That's for sure. And, and having having that facility here is not a bad thing because it's not just no. the traditional soccer that, that, that we're talking about. They're talking about futsal they're talking about beach soccer so you know it's it's gonna it's gonna be a benefit to to san antonio and, and even probably beyond just san antonio you know the, the surrounding area it's, it's gonna it's gonna be a benefit it's gonna be another you know spot you know to put san antonio on the map 
when it comes to soccer. So, right. And I don't, you know, and like I said, I don't mean that as a disrespect when in talking about, you know, the pay to play portion. It's just for me personally, where, you know, it's, you know, where, where it, it's one of the sore subjects we'll just say in U.S. soccer right now for, you know, for some of us. For sure. And I, w- I would really like to discuss that further. Um, I saw some interesting discussions going on on Facebook, not attacks or anything like that, um, between um, some of the local coaches here. And, uh, you know, I'd love to kind of get the, uh, the the other side of that coin um, a little bit also because and it, it's it's a discussion for another day. But, you know, I was yeah. thinking about that. It's kind of like sometimes you, you think about it, you think about the other side of that. And it's like if I if I signed Delaney up for cheerleading or for gymnastics, you know, you start to mm-hmm. think about how expensive some of that stuff gets with the tournaments and the travel and, you know, the monthly expenses and the uniforms and stuff like that. And I, I think it's real easy to talk about the pay to play without really specifying what it is specifically. Like you kind of mentioned, is it a money grab just over the name? That to me is more the issue with the pay to play mm-hmm. type of stuff that you see than just, well, sometimes the training and, and, and it can be expensive, you know, because any okay. sport can get that way, you know? Well, yeah. It's, yeah. And like I said, I don't mean that as a disrespect right. to Juventus or, or any of them here. It's just, it, it's one of those things that, you know, there's already enough academy drama here in San Antonio and, you know, you're, at, you're basically adding to it because, you know, you can't tell me some of the, the local academies are going to lose top kids to, to it just because, you know, of the name and, and the opportunity that it's going to give. And, um, you know, it's going to be a new facility, so it's going to have all the bells and whistles and, be you know, hopefully be state of the art, mm-hmm. which is only going to help push, push the other academies. Yep. Yep. Competition. That's what it's all about. And you've seen that a lot, you know, in the semi-professional and the amateur here, both with men's and women's kind of, as you just mentioned. So competition's good. Uh, It's going to make, as you said, San Antonio is just even more of a hotbed for soccer here in Texas. Speaking of academies, and and I know we're kind of going to jump, I was going to do this last, but, you know, since we've kind of transitioned the, the conversation into that. A couple of big stories have came out uh, since we last uh, were on uh, with Academy San Antonio, um, you know, players, uh, mm-hmm. Academy and what I guess, you know, he signed eight. Well, he hasn't signed a professional contract with Ethan Bryant, but uh, he's part of the San Antonio FC uh, with the EPT program, but signed to, to the first team. Uh, but first up, we had, uh, you know, uh, yeah, midfielder Leo Torres uh, called up to the uh, U.S. Youth National uh, Under-15 camp. And then uh, what I think it broke today, right, uh, that uh, Ethan Bryant's been called up to the Under-18 uh, men's national team, uh, I think the first week in February, uh, that's, that, he'll be, that he'll be going. And um, I know with uh, Mr. Torres uh, that he was the only USL uh a player called up, and I want to say the same thing with Ethan Bryant. So, thoughts on really two huge, and probably to me the most important news that we'll talk about here today is, you know, San Antonio local talent, you know, being you know being groomed by you know San Antonio FC, and and, and there's a, you know academies underneath them that that have helped uh, build that up to be called uh, to the uh, national teams. Yeah, no, I, I think you just nailed it. Uh, as you mentioned, no matter what we're going to talk about today or, or anything this this week, um, that that's the most important thing right there, in my opinion as well. It's a it's an amazing opportunity here uh, for two youngsters to get that kind of experience. And 
when we talk about the academy program, it seems like that's what we always go back to is just the different experiences that these kids are having. And, uh, you know, this is just the ultimate experience to be called up to, to play for your national team and represent San Antonio and, and represent San Antonio FC. Um, it just kind of those people that, you know, are MLS or, or bust it, you know, you're missing out on, on things like this right here, in my opinion. Yeah, and to me, it's you know, as a as a San Antonio FC fan, I look at this and you know, before you know, I was always like, you know, hey, who's going to be our attacking mid? And then today, when I saw this, I was like, am I not giving Ethan enough credit for what he did last year? And we know with with watching you know Presley from you know from the first year to the second year, from watching Maxi from the first year to the second year, that they take a jump. So to me, I'm wondering if, if, you know, you know, if, you know, maybe I've undersold, you know, Ethan Bryant on what his role could be for San Antonio this year. And then I also kind of wonder, you know, cause Alfonso Davies, you know, was playing USL. Um, I want to say starting at age 15 or right near 15, 16. Um, I'm wondering how soon before he gets the call up, you know, cause to me, if, if you're getting call up to the national team, at least in my opinion, that tells me you're, you're one of the best in the country. So if you're one of the best in the country, you know, you know, you you want to face the best competition. How soon is it before we start seeing? You know, obviously we saw Bryant last year. At what I think he was what 17 when, when he mm-hmm. when he was called up. Mm-hmm. But with uh, you know Mr. Torres, you know, is that something that hey maybe later on this year? You know, especially like Open Cup as an example that San Antonio brings him up to give him, you know, give him a shot. Is, is that something that you could possibly see? I don't know. You know, um, so for Bryant, I think it's a little bit different. Um, for Torres, I, I think that's a different answer. I think he's still probably a little bit too young. Um, and as a year or two away. you kind of mentioned too, just him having the opportunity already to play for the national team and stuff like that. Does he maybe pursue opportunities that he has presented to himself more around his own age group? You know, I mean, does he you know, stay kind of with a, a younger crew? And he may get a call somewhere internationally or something like that before he ever comes, you know, of an age to play in the USL. But sometimes I think with some of those younger kids, you almost worry a little bit about injury. Not that getting minutes in the USL wouldn't be advantageous for them, but I mean, throwing a 15 year old kid out there, you know, I'm sure San Antonio FC is going to be responsible with our youth and not do something that would, you know, per- perhaps potentially injure them or set them back. Yeah. Set them back. Exactly. Yeah. God forbid if somebody were to get injured, you know, playing uh, in some open cup matches or something like that, trying to get them experience. But I, I don't think, I think you said it right. I think you said uh, that, you know, are you maybe underestimating the impact that Ethan Bryant could have for San Antonio FC this season? And I think you might be, I mean, if, if you're not fully sold on, on how good this kid is, um, Bean and cheese Torres might go to a World Cup though, like U seventeen, and that's that's why I say he may stick more with with his age group. Um, but for 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 Ethan Bryant, you know, I seeing him play last year, like you say that that next year, this next year, how much better he's going to be. You saw the thing, same thing, I think, a little bit with uh, Devin Vega as well, mm-hmm. and just kind of you know that that first his his first that minutes maturity, grows up, maturity yeah. exactly. So I do think Ethan Bryant could be a, a real difference maker for the squad. I just, you know, the, the only knock, and it's, it is what it is, has been, you know, his size a little bit. He, he gets bounced around a little. 
Uh, but he does make up for that with his touch. And so I, I could see him having a big impact on this team this year. Yeah, well, and, and you talk about size, you know, uh, you know, Preston uh, Petrie, you know, put out, you know, the, the preseason roster, we'll just say. Okay. And one of the things that stuck out to me was that uh, Ethan Bryant's 5'9", so he's my my height, um, but he's a hundred, he's a buck 30. So <laughs> <laughs> I was telling AJ, I was like, you know, basically I'm two Ethan Bryant's, but I'm not <laughs> any of the skills. <laughs> <laughs> so, Minus the technical ability <laughs> and the speed and all the other stuff, and obviously the hair. I don't got the hair, <laughs> but uh, uh, no, that's you know, was, I thought that was kind of classic. And then the other thing, you know, because they're right next to each other, you know, one of the things that stuck out to me is uh, you know, Rafa was already able to drink by the time that Ethan was even born. So, oh, you, know, you know, if you really look at 16 and 18, you know, there's that there's a 21 year gap. Um, which, you know, if you're looking at it, you know, I thought that was kind of, well, the, the, you know, the funny part about that is yeah, them being right next to each other, that comparison. Yeah. The, the, the funny part is you, you see Rafa there at the uh, San Antonio rampage game and you'd think he'd almost be the, uh, the youngster, right. Based upon just right. kind of his Those personality, his energy. his energy. Yeah. But, uh, again, these youngsters are already proving the path to pro national teams in the area. Was there ever a similar example with the Scorpions? That's a great question, Harry. Can you think of, uh, Anybody from the Scorpions that maybe eventually got like an international call-up of sorts or anything like that? Oh, not off the top of my head. Because um, Billy was on the team, so and he's had some call-ups. But as a youngster, they didn't really have the academy stuff back then. So as far as the youth goes, um, that might be a tough comparison. Well, they didn't have an They didn't have. Well, they had an academy. But, and I think this is where San Antonio FC kind of reaps the rewards a little bit okay. um, from the Scorpions Academy is, is I don't ever remember, you know, the, the Scorpions Academy being as recognized as San Antonio FC's. And a lot of that was just because it was getting started. It was trying to, um, but I also don't think it, it did. It didn't, and I don't mean this in a negative way. It didn't cherry pick from the other um, academies, you know, because I think when mm -hmm. San Antonio FC started out, they said, "Hey, we want to work with with the other academies." And it, you know, if memory serves me correct, they brought in, you know, they had tryouts of, you know, if you were with, you know, Cavalier, Star, B, yeah. <clears throat> you know, so they worked with them on to bring them in, but I don't think the Scorpions quite did it that way so they weren't as developed you know you know as far as with the talent uh, that san antonio is because you know san antonio you know if, if we're honest they took the cream of the crop you know you know from the local academies um you know and, and i know they still work with them and, and you know you know develop you them the, you know, still help develop them and you know especially with the ept program you know, they left those kids still over there and they bring them in for, you know, I think it's one or two nights a week or, you know, whatever the schedule is um, for that here. So I don't ever remember any of the, the Scorpions Academy's youth doing it. And then, of course, how it was shut down, rubbed people, you know, the wrong way quite a bit. But, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think it's a comparison. I think San Antonio FC is just, you know, and it goes to, you know, you know SS&E and just on how professional and, if they are going to do it, they're going to do it the right way. And I'm not saying that the Scorpions didn't, but, you know, SS&E 
Sony's a a MLS level type of academy on how they ran with the professionalism, with the coaching, um, the facilities. I don't know, you know, I've never been to an MLS team, um, you know, to see what their, you know, what their, what their I would say facility. The, the Dallas facility is kind of similar um, that being up there. Yeah. It's, it's kind of similar as far as, I mean, not all the fields are that great there at a star, you know, unfortunately, but um, it's 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 a pretty nice because well, I, I remember even talking to some of the academy players actually from FC Dallas when they came down here to uh, play against uh, SAFC Academy. Um, this was last season, and they they were pretty impressed with the facilities overall and, and stuff like that. So I would say it's on par with an MLS facility. I, th- I think that's a fair claim. But to me, that's how I because if you look at the standings, you know, if you if you go to the Development Academy you know website here. San Antonio is doing very well with their academy teams. Uh, you know, now there's some teams that are struggling more than others. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as far as for being so young, I think they're setting a high bar. You know, you know, I know we talked about the Juventus Academy coming in. San Antonio FC has raised the bar as far as my concern on how the academies operate here in, in, here in town. So, which is great for, you know, for the youth. Don't get me wrong. But... You know, as far as if you're looking at you know SAFC and and the Scorpions, to me it's night and day. And, and you know, to be fair, it's also a different time here in town um, as well. Where I think, you know, you know, because I heard there was major major drama back in in those years with the academies, and you know, I'm sure there's still drama. Don't get me wrong, but I, I think there's a little bit more working relationships between mm-hmm. uh, the academies from what I've heard now, I'm not, you know, part of them or, you know, affiliated with them in any way. Um, but just from what I've been told is that the relationships have improved, you know, from, you know, four or five years ago, which, which is a good thing. It's, it's what, it's what needs to be done. And, but if you go to any, you know, I know, you know, I spoke with, you know, some of the St. Luligans and, you know, they have Academy drama, you know, over there, but, you know, St. Louis has able, been able to kind of take the lead on it. And, um, you know, I think, you know, San Antonio's kind of help adopting, you know, you know, doing that. And I think also working with the NYCFC, um, you know, in the past has kind of helped also geared, geared that up with the connections that they have with the, with the city, you know, you know, with Man City and all, all the city mm-hmm. teams. So um, I'm sure that that's kind of helped, helped guide them as well. But to me, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a different level. Um, what do you think? Oh, I mean, yeah, definitely. I, I think that, you know, they've, they've done a good job and everything. Uh, as you mentioned, they, they do kind of set the standard uh, just in terms of, you know, programs here in San Antonio and, and how well, you know, they, they can be run. Um, and not that, you know, the, those main clubs are the only clubs here that are making a difference. You know, you've got clubs over there on the south side that we know about you know, that are, that are trying to help kids and, and showcase tournaments. And sometimes you got to do it a little bit of a different way because you can't afford all the travel of the, uh, you know, select leagues and, and everything else. So, um, you know, there's, there's tons of clubs here in San Antonio. And I think uh, that San Antonio FC Academy is obviously doing a great job uh, of giving, you know, kids something to aspire to. Um, and that these kids, you know, that are playing for this academy team are doing a great job representing the city and uh, building that brand for future generations already. One person that we should reach out and, and you know to is, is James Hope on this. Uh, I know he's you know with the Crocketeers, you know, it's president and he stepped down, but he does a lot of the academy work with 
um, kids that, you know, that, that he works with here. So that might be something I know you have, uh, what was it? Uh, I forget the name that we were talking about at the Northside tournament. Yeah, Rafa, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it would be kind of, I think that might be a kind of a show idea that maybe have James and Rafa on the line because um, they can both talk about the academy side, um, you know, outside of SAFC and, mm -hmm. and, you know, just the environment and the growth. To me, the growth that, you know, San Antonio has had, um, you know, within the last, what, this is what, year seven? an eight uh you know of professional soccer going back to the scorpion years and with san antonio fc so sure um, obviously there's a lot of, of growth that's took place and uh for that here so um and just to kind of you know i know there's a lot of stuff to cover so uh since we've last uh spoke with here um there's been some players signing in a yeah let's signing. let's get into some roster news yeah absolutely which one do you, which one would you like to start with well i tell you what you kind of kicked it off there at the beginning of the episode with uh the one that i think at this point kind of surprised everybody with uh with billy forbes um yes. you know i think there was a lot of speculation a lot of rumors from some different people you know uh regarding billy and him coming back um, but, you know, as you kind of mentioned, uh, after we signed Lance Lang and, and, and made a couple more additions to the roster, it just kind of became a little bit more of a question of where, where does he fit in, you know, in, in terms of a, a lineup goes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I never really had any animosity or anything like that towards Billy. Um, I think he made a oh, decision no. move to, to go out there to Phoenix and did what was best for him. And it'd be no different than, you know, you or me and my job if another company came around and, and offered us more money to do the same job. And, you know, you, you got to uh, learn a little bit from a, from an all-star at, at whatever your profession was as, as he kind of got to from a Drogba, but I think what happened too is, you know, Billy was hot there for a while and then everybody wants to dog him kind of because he started off on such a streak and then, you know, didn't really kind of fizzled out a little bit, but I feel like so much of our attack that season was geared specifically around Billy and once teams figured out how to kind of shut Billy down, right. that was it, you know? So, I mean, you can't put all that on Billy. No, I, I think for me, the reason why, and, and you, what's, you know, just kind of remembering, we kind of had a discussion, you know, because there was rumors about, hey, you know, I saw Billy here, he's house hunting, and, you know, mm -hmm. and all, all the other, we're like, nah, you know, this, you know, just, you know, you know, because if you look at the roster, you know, you've got uh, Lance Lang, mm -hmm. you got Jack Barnby, mm -hmm. uh, we brought back Walter Restrepo, so, those are those are three wingers right there. If 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 you're really looking at it here now, you know where they actually play. That might be you know a separate you know you know a discussion and something that we'll have to see what goes on with camp. But you bring back Billy Forbes. I think my only thing would be to kind of slow the roll of, of the fan base, because um, if we really look at his year last year, it was disappointing. You know, because he went into Phoenix with high expectations. I know he got hurt. Um, I know there was a lot of talent in Phoenix, um, but, you know, he, he just didn't, you know, you know, he just didn't perform there up to the expectation. And it, it was a high expectation because I remember when he went over to there, there was, you know, hey, you know, San Antonio was really going to be hurt. And, and I think in a way they were hurt, but we thought he was going to just pick right up with, with Phoenix because they are a high high impact offensive team. Mm -hmm. and, he, and if you look at the numbers, he really didn't, you know, you know, he didn't, he didn't have, you know, he didn't have the season that, that, um, 
I'm sure that he expected and I'm sure that Phoenix expected here. So I think the good news for San Antonio is, is he's going to be coming back with a chip on his shoulder. Um, you know, because he had that great season in 2017 where he was, you know, all, all second, you know, team honors, you know, you know, and like I said, he got off to that such a hot start. Um, but I also think he's going to have to work his way back in as well. And my question is, do you pencil him as a starter opposite of Lang or where do you kind of see him fitting? I'd like to see him opposite of Lang. I think if he can play, you know, I'm, I'm not too familiar with either of their histories as players and all the different positions that they've been asked to play. And, and we know from last season that Darren Powell's not afraid to, to move a player out of a position that they, they, they're traditionally in. But I would love to see Lance and Billy out there at the same time. Uh, you know, I think those two working together could, uh, could be dangerous. And uh, as we've kind of said before, I feel like this team is just being designed more and more uh, to be attacking. And I think having Lance out there and his speed and a player like Billy with his technical ability and footwork. And I mean, Billy's dangerous in the box. And, and you said it best, kind of what you've got here is a Gordon that can finish, hopefully, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think both of them can, you know, because I think with Billy, he also assisted quite a bit. And I think that was the thing. You know, with, you know, you know, on the San Antonio FC, if you do the, you know, 2019 roster breakdown, mm-hmm. they mentioned that uh, he also recorded nine assists, which is currently a club record. And, you know, Lance Lang was hot on the tail of that here. So to me, where you got Lang and Forbes, you know, if, if they're both starting, both of them have showed, you know, where they where they can pass, where they can cross it in. And then, you know, where, where we got, you know, hopefully the, the, um, you know, with, you know, with Guzman and, and Bruce and uh, what's the other gentleman named uh, Barraza. And I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, uh, you know, the, the striker that's mm-hmm. um, we signed. joined us from, uh, from, uh, from Atlas. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I think, and I think, and, and to me, I, I saw a, uh, I want to say it was uh, one of the interviews from when camp first opened up here. It sounds like they're going to be more attacking um, this year, you know, this year compared to, you know, especially compared to last year. Um, and I know me and Royce has kind of gone back and forth on exactly, um, you know, are they going to go back kind of the 2016 model where, you know, set back and then, you know, counterattack, or if they're going to be more, more open to it. But uh, since we last signed here, cause there's a couple other key, you know, key uh, players that we signed. So, Ethan Bryant uh, came back officially, and I know we kind of discussed him earlier. Uh, to me, they signed uh, Jonathan uh, Viscosi, which is a, a Canadian. Um, he came over from Finland, where he was the uh, 2017 uh, Jokikin uh, Goalkeeper of the Year, uh, leading uh, TPS to promotion to the first division. Um, and over there, he's got 25 clean sheets and 70 appearances. So, um what I get from there is it gives competition to Matt Cardoni. And I'm wondering, I, I actually wonder if, if he would, you know, I know Matt's got the time here. He's a fan favorite, but that's a lot of, you know, and you know, that's a lot of experience that's coming in. And I know that's kind of the Diego replacement, mm-hmm. um, you know, for that here. So I was kind of excited about that. Goaltending, you know, your thoughts on, you know, having Jonathan with Matt, uh, anyone, you still give Matt the, the, the favorite to start or 
I think it's probably, man, this year, you know, we've, I think we've heard it from Tim Holt. They, they're going to put the best players out there, you know, regardless of, of kind of fan favorite and stuff like that, I feel like. Um, obviously, you know, Matt, you would think, would be the uh, the starting goaltender. Uh, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of that is dependent upon what happens uh, there in preseason. I mean, if, if preseason starts and, and Matt's in there and, and he's getting scored on and, and this guy comes out and looks good, um, you know, I, I, I don't – think that it's a, a guaranteed position for any of these guys this season. What I liked about him is that he's got height. You yeah. Know, so, you know, Matt's 6'3", um, and that's not a slide against Diego, but, you know, yeah, I think he was less well, he was less than six foot, uh, where Jonathan is 6'2". Um, he's not as thick as Matt, uh, but he is a couple, you know, he's a couple years older, um, you know, for that here. So, you know, to me, I, I like that veteran, you know, experience coming in, even though it's not, you know, with, you know, in USL for that here. But, and then when I initially did um, my, my 18, you know, that, that I put out, you know, a couple of people are like, hey, why are you putting him in over mm-hmm. Cardoni? I thought that was interesting. I, I just, I just think, I think I love Matt and I think he does a lot of good, but, you know, as, as we saw, you know, as we saw last year, um, and I know Diego was goalkeeper of the year, you know, and very similar, you know, with, with this guy in 2017. I, I just think, you know, if he's taller, you know, you know, depending on the level that's, that, that the Finnish league is, to me, that's competition that, you know, I think, you know, maybe above what USL offers, you know, and, that, and that'll be, I guess, what we'll be kind of debating. That's what we'll see, yeah. Absolutely. Next is a couple of youngsters. Uh, you know, the uh, Johnny Fenwick uh, played at High Point. Uh, he was very decorated through there. Um, he's a defender. Um, what I like about him is that he can play the, the uh, fullback and uh, the, uh, you know, the center back is my understanding. And I'll let you do Leroy's last name because I don't want to chop it up, and I know I'll chop it up. <laughs> uh, but uh, Leroy uh, Magaroosh, Magaroosh, uh, you know, comes to us from uh, North Carolina Greensboro. Uh, for that here, um, he's he, he looks to be more on the attacking midfielder side, uh, where you know he has 13 goals, 14 assists in 75 matches, and. Uh, you know, he also has uh, time with uh, the Seattle Sounders U23 mm-hmm. team. So he's got some exposure to the, you know, at least to an MLS, uh, you know, type of, you know, type talent. So both of those are going to be probably on the youngsters. Probably, you know, uh, I don't know if any of them would be starters, although Fenwick kind of interests me just for the fact as far as for uh, Cochran's role. I don't know if, I don't know if there is a... <sighs> There's not a set person that you can say, "Hey, that's going to be filling in for Cochran." Mm-hmm. Um, as far as on on the roster, um, looking at the roster, there is only five defenders uh, with Pascal Bosi, Yaro, Didrik, Fenwick, and uh, Kai Green. Um, Kai Green, we expect, would be the right fullback. Um, Yaro and Didrik and Ibusi would be the center backs. Um, so that kind of you know to me leads still leads open the uh, left back, you know, uh, position uh, through that it's still open, and to me, probably the one that I think is going to be most uh, important back, uh, for this here and is open. Michael Lahoud, yeah. uh, who comes to us from 
from FCC Cincinnati. Uh, last year, he had 24 appearances, uh, helping them to the best record in the league last year. Uh, you know, he, you know, he's 32 years old. He's got, you know, over 200 professional appearances. Um, so to me, he's our, you know, it wouldn't shock me if he's going to be our captain, um, for it here. I, I expect him and Pekka to be, you know, that, that back line, that Michael Reed, that Michael Reed role. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I think he's gonna, I think he, I think he's going to be as far as the key of, the midfield going forward where, um, you know, Mikey Lopez was more, a little bit more all over the place last year, you know, in, in four out here. I think, uh, you know, Michael is going to, you know, you know, from, you know, from, you know, all the, all the reports from Cincinnati, uh, you know, he's a hell of a community guy. Um, and, you know, you know, he got replaced towards the end of the season and some feel that, that might have been why Cincinnati didn't continue in the playoffs is because they missed his leadership on the field. So to me, he's, he's the one that as far as on the list here uh, that I'm kind of most excited for, because I think he gives us that, that leadership that, w- that we missed when uh, Captain Reed, uh, you know, departed for Nashville last year. So your thoughts on the, uh, the signings that, that have came in uh, recently. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I'm getting fired up. Uh, I think, you know, still the one person that everybody's kind of curious about um, is Maxi. Uh, obviously, no word on him yet, uh, which I, I feel like unless they're just really saving that for something, you know, some type of not like back. he's not coming back. Yeah, you think he's not coming back. Yeah. So, I mean, other than that, I mean, that was kind of the one guy, I guess, that was that was really left that I was kind of excited about, um, you know, other players that haven't really been that mentioned. That was more just because he's local, right? That was more um, because he's a scent. You know, guy or, I, 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 I'm not a fan of Max. I'm not going to lie to you. And, and I know you've said that before. And, uh, I, you know, I, I get your reasonings behind of it. Um, he, he was hot or cold to me. I think he had his moments where he played really well. And then I think he had his moments where he didn't play like good at all, you know? So I, it was like either one or the other, there was no in between really. Um, I wouldn't say that I didn't like Maxi, but I can get where you would have frustrations with him as a player and not want him back. I mean, I, I can see that. Yeah. It's not that I didn't like him because, you know, he's, you know, he's a great guy personally. Mm-hmm. And, and I think he's, you know, just in looking at the, social media aspects he's a hell of a locker room guy mm-hmm. um which which i think is key but you know when, when you know i went to the crocketeers uh you know annual meeting here and uh you know you know i think as far as returning players i don't know if we're gonna see any more uh you know just just from you know from the information that that we got it, it sounds like that you know if you were on safc formally um, now, of course, this could change at any time with injuries and, and you know other mm-hmm. stuff here. Um, but I don't, I don't anticipate him back. And I think I saw on Twitter that um, you know somebody mentioned that 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 they had saw saw that uh, he is going to sign with somewhere else. Now, of course, that's not you know official. It wasn't announced or anything like that. So um, I don't think Maxi's coming back. Um, the one I'm kind of waiting on to see is Presley because I thought he did have some talent. Um, I'm kind of shocked that Austin hasn't signed him, and I know they're already at 20 plus on the roster at mm-hmm. 19. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of interested to see where he he falls because he does have some talent, um, you know, on you know for that here. So 
um, from my understanding and, and you know just just with 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 what I've heard here, I wouldn't expect um, either one of them back. But you know, of course, injuries and uh, other things could change that. Uh, you know, going forward. Yeah, no, we'll just have to wait and see. But obviously, uh, you know, a lot of signings, which uh, was definitely needed to kind of give us a better idea. But yeah, looking at the roster now and, and just kind of seeing all the pieces in place, um, I, you know, I, I think fans should be excited about the upcoming season. Um, I think they should. Yeah, it, to me, and, and I know we mostly focus on on on, on San Antonio FC, um, but if you look at U, uh, USL as a whole, as far as from the, the championship side. Mm-hmm. To me, the West is going to have a lot of good teams in it, but the East is going to be, you know, where you're going to see, you know, kind of the super teams. It seems like, you know, Indy, um, Nashville, um, Ottawa's kind of getting in that discussion now with, with some of the signings that they have. So I think out West here, you know, I, I, you know, you know, I think you're seeing quality signings, but you're not seeing the name, the name signings like you're seeing over in the East. Um, you know, you know, for that here. So it'll be a dog fight, you know, you know, as, as we know here, uh, you know, I, I think San Antonio on paper, you know, looking at it again, has a top four team, but we said that last year and we missed the playoffs. So it's interesting. You said that I was, I was going to say, we got another question uh, here on YouTube and I, I feel like this is the perfect thing kind of to uh, wrap it up with or, or whatever is what you're just getting into question is what would mean or what would a successful season mean to you oh it has to be playoffs it has to be playoffs it has to be playoffs you said top four you said top four finish though in the, in the conference i think i i think they should be but when you i think so too the resources when you look at the team if san antonio is not top four to mm-hmm. me that's a disappointment i agree because i i, I in in you know, one of the things that struck me with, you know, when Mr. Holt, uh, you know, visited, visited us was it wasn't, they were disappointed in last year's team. Mm-hmm. And I followed San Antonio soccer since, you know, since, you know, going back when, when it started with the, with the Scorpions and they'd have a really good year one year. And then the next year they'd fall to the bottom and they would have a really good year the following year. And then, and, and, you know, it was a, it was a yo-yo. Mm-hmm. And I think last year they, and, it, and I think you can kind of see it in, in some of some of the, the feedback that you get from them is 2016, they had such a great year. You know, they, they were, they got off to such a hot start. You know, they had Igabaga go up to MLS. They brought back the majority of the team and, you know, the, but they lost some key pieces, but I don't, and I know they thought that they replaced them on paper, mm-hmm. but they really didn't. And I think, you know, them finishing ninth again, and you know, I, I think you know, w- you know, with Todd and, and you know, Jose, you and I, you know, April, May of last year, we were like, hey, something's off on this team. You know, you could just tell, and it it stood that way for the whole season. The team never did gel, you know, on the field, and you know, who knows off the field because, of course, we're not part of that. But there, there was something missing on that. Now. You know, in the videos that you see, you know, and, and I know they're, you know, you know, it's 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 fluff pieces. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. You see that. To me, it seems like a, you know, a more excited team, a more, you know, a, to me, a more focused team. And I think that's going to be, you know, in, 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 in like I said here, I'm, I'm ex- 
I'm personally excited to see, you know, hey, are they going to be kind of sitting back in counter or are they actually going to open it up, you know, where last year, you know, we last year there was no clear definition of what style, what team, who the starting 11 was. I think this year you're going to have a clear starting 11. There might be some variable pieces in it, don't get me wrong. But when you look at the roster here, I think you can kind of piece together, hey, most of that starting 11 and you got some key fill, you know, key backups. Where last year, you know, I don't, you couldn't say that even during, you know, halfway through the season. Right. No, and I think that was the biggest frustrating piece. So yeah, to me, I think a successful season this year would be a top four finish. Uh, obviously, you know, winning a couple games in the playoffs. Hell, maybe even like the uh, the conference championship. You know, making it there to the uh, the Western Conference Championship. I mean, I, I would say that's a successful season if we lost in the uh, in the semifinals this year. I, I think you got to be top four. Top four. I, I think you got to be top four. When it comes to the playoffs, it's a one game. You know, it's you know you know you know as we saw what two years ago against Oklahoma City. And see, I think we were the better team in that match. Though I think we should have beat Oklahoma City, and we that's why I say them. we were unlucky. It went to PKs, and, and we were a poor team when we were the PKs. You know, went to PKs. You knew we were in trouble. Done. Just, you you knew it was just based you know based on the history of that team mm-hmm. and. You know, to me, that's where, you know, you know, that that's where, you know, uh, you know, what's, we're what, 10 days away uh, for some of us, if you're going up to Dallas. Uh, yes, to sir. Um, I know Saturday they play against UIW and, you know, then, then they head up for their quote, only away trip for that, which I'm kind of excited because I'm going to be heading up there. Um, I think I may be doing the same. So... Well, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, well, well this has been fun, man. Uh, like we said, we had a, a lot of different subjects we wanted to cover tonight. So we were just kind of trying to keep it moving through everything. Uh, sorry we missed last week. Uh, it's going to be a little hectic the next few weeks for my schedule uh, just on Mondays and Tuesdays. So we'll probably be doing uh, Wednesday night shows here for the next few weeks. But uh, we're going to get back to Tuesday at 8 p.m. kind of now uh, throughout the season. I think we had decided upon so that way uh, the mm-hmm. show will be the same time Every week, we won't have any issues or anything like that. So uh, it will be Tuesdays at 8 p.m., but for the next few weeks, it's going to be uh, Wednesdays at 8 o'clock. So uh, gracias. Thank you for watching. Uh, Harry, any any final, final thoughts? No, uh, the final thoughts, you know, a couple of things here. Um, Bernie sent out, if you want to be a referee, they're offering a camp. If you, if you go under Bernie Thunder, and I forget their exact Twitter, um, but if you type in Bernie, you know, Thunder Bernie, uh, you, you should be able to get information on it. And, and like I said here, I sent out a tweet if, if you follow me at, at R-A-M-I-N-C-O-L. Um, you know, like I said here. Um, and then, of course, uh, Innocentes, uh, if, you know, if you have a couple of bucks to pitch in, um, if you follow UPSL soccer, um, I think it would be awesome, awesome to, you know, see, uh, you know, the UPSL Central Conference uh, be able to say, hey, we were the national champs as far as for UPSL. So, uh, good luck to the North, you know, in a synthesis and, and like I said here, uh, I know the rest, rest of the conference. And of course you'll be able to watch that on my Cujo. Um, and I'll submit that out as far as when we get closer to that, to, you know, for later. so, um, you know, but for me, like I said, at this point, that's, that's it where I have, um, one last thing here. Uh, I know San Antonio sent out, they're having a uh, networking, um, thing there. Um, if you're a season ticket member, 
um, or if you have a business. So if you have questions on that, you know, you know send me an email. At, and like I said here, you know, forward to that information. But I know that came out this afternoon. If uh, you're a business and you want to, you know, network with other, you know, season ticket members or uh, San Antonio uh, FC, and I'm assuming SSNE side there. So that, that is something that came out. I want to say that was uh, February 6th, somewhere around there. Okay. Um, don't hold me on the date here, but there was an email that just came out uh, to season ticket members on that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, no, one thing uh, I just wanted to mention again is the, uh, the Ian's foundation. I am posting the, uh, the link for that, uh, there in our YouTube chatter right now. Um, they are still obviously raising money. Uh, we'll have them on hopefully for, uh, our next episode, uh, because that game will be coming up here soon as well. So, uh, but other than that, man, that, that's all I got. Uh, as always, thank you, Harry. It's been fun. This is the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. We out. Right.